Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. last week or who weren't we actually didn't have this pavilion last week and but we we actually met on the other side of the park outside under the shade it was pretty a pretty unique environment but it was awesome and I I just love like Jesus could care less about being at the synagogue or being on a hill with his people amen and and you know the people were still drawn to the Lord they were they were still drawn by, by hunger they, they wanted something more, and they knew that they could get more if they could go where Jesus was and where the family was. And, you know, I, I just, I love you guys and your, your hunger and your, your loyalty and commitment, uh, no matter what's going on. And those of you who are watching online, we love you guys and appreciate your staying connected with us in this time as well. Um, last week... Um, the, the message was, was really just reading through some scriptures and just kind of light talking about it. I didn't go real long on the teaching part, but um, we talked about unity and read several verses about unity. And, you know, unity is a, is a topic that's really strong on God's heart. It is for sure very strong on his heart right now, but it always is. All right. But the, I think that one reason why it's, it's an emphasis right now is because God's just trying to stimulate a deeper sense of unity because uh, there's always deeper places to go. And I, I really feel like that's an area that God's wanting to knit us in the heart and spirit level more. So, but, but we, after I was done sharing my thoughts and, and just the scriptures on these things, we had a time of, of discussion and, and people were sharing their hearts and their perspectives on what is unity? How do you develop unity? Uh, what would be ways that, uh, that you could dis- destruct unity? And what would be the, 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 the repercussions of not having unity? And it, it was just a great conversation. And every single thing I heard people say was awesome. And I, I, I gave my yes and amen on all of those. And I, it just makes me happy to know that uh, that we're a church of people who have a real value for this. So I just want to, I think we should give ourselves a hand as a, as a people for valuing unity and God's heart for that. You guys are amazing. Um, two weeks ago was, was the, sorry, we, we didn't meet in person two weeks ago because we didn't have a place. Uh, so we did it online. I don't know how many of you guys got to watch that. If you didn't, I want to encourage you to go back and either watch it or listen to the podcast. But the sermon title was Perseverance Reaches Promise. And I read out of the passage of, of Hebrews 10. I'm going to reread um, a section of Hebrews 10 in just a moment. Um, actually, let me go ahead and do that right now. If you've got your Bibles and you can turn to Hebrews 10, um, Bible apps are absolutely okay too. If you pull out your phone or whatever device you carry, Hebrews 10, I'm going to start with verse 19 and read through verse 25. Give you just a moment to turn there. Um, but, but two weeks ago, I, I read out of this and was just talking about the invitation into the presence of God, that, that Jesus dying on the cross created our 
permission, our invitation, our access to, to stand before his throne with confidence, shameless. Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful that the blood of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus has provided everything we need to break off shame off our lives? Amen? And, and through that, he's, he's given us invitation to come and stand before him and to enjoy his presence. And, and there's intimacy with him in that place. I want to read that passage right now. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren and sistren, having boldness or confidence, in other words, no shame, come fully standing, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. In other words, it's the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the resurrection that we've been able to pass out of the world of darkness and sin. We died with Jesus, we're crucified with him, but we're resurrected with Jesus into his presence and his glory. Amen? And having a high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus. Everybody say house of God. Do you know what a house of God is? It's the place where he lives with his family. The house of God is the dwelling place for his family. It's, the, it's where the Holy of Holies is that he is. Let us draw near to him in that place with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Our faith is not in ourselves and what we've done. It's in the cross, the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. In other words, cleansed of anything that causes shame in us. And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Because two weeks ago, my, my sermon... Um, that I, I forgot what I titled it. Perseverance reaches promise. Because uh, what I was trying to talk about is that there's two pieces in this passage about what it is to know God. There's the, we want to know him in his presence. We want to know him by encountering him. There's that intimacy with knowing God, knowing his person, knowing his heart, knowing his mind, having that union with God through the blood of Jesus. And then the other part of knowing God, and you got to know him in that place first, is to know his promises for you. Because knowing God as a person is one piece of what he loves, but he also wants us to know that he's got promises for you. And to know him from that intimate place, you can engage with his promises, and, and you can trust that if you, if you live in that intimate union with him, and you live obediently with him, your promises are going to come to pass in the right time. Is anybody happy about that? All right. Now, what I, what I spent my time talking about in that message is that I'm going to reread that verse there. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. And the reason why he had to say this is because there were plenty of oppositions coming against them and their promises that would cause them to, to, to be tempted to believe that it might not ever happen. 
And, and this world and the spirit of this world and everything that comes from the dysfunction, the fallenness of this world, wants to work against you and everything that God's dreamed in you, the dreams he put in you that, were, that are going to, they're going to manifest his glory through your life as they come to pass. The enemy wants to put an end on that. He wants to squelch those things. But we can't give up. Amen. And so the whole message that day was about, about that we've got to lay hold of those promises. We've got to not let go. And we've got to endure. We've got to persevere. That word that nobody likes that's a requirement in the New Testament. Perseverance. Okay? Perseverance is not a fun word because it means you're pushing in against resistance. You're, you're, you're holding on and not letting go when everything's trying to make you give up on that thing. All right? In my message, I, I wanted to convey to you guys that the, to see your promises come to pass requires two things. Staying connected with God in that intimate place and not losing your, your abiding in him, the, the abiding in the vine. Amen? But staying in that place and believing who he is, who he says he is, believing the promises he's given you, whether they're promises from scripture or rhema, God-breathed promises he's put in your spirit that you know this is going to have to happen in my life or I didn't fulfill my destiny. Amen? But, but those usually do not come and just land in your lap. They don't usually happen by just doing life normally. It happens by persistence, by laying hold of and pushing through and, and not letting resistance define what you believe is going to happen on the other side of it. There's plenty in the New Testament that talks about the trials that come against us, but if we lay hold of Christ through it, we're going to come out better on the other side. All right, that was what it was about two weeks ago. But I want to keep pushing into this. This passage here, okay? Because it talks about the blood of Jesus um, giving us access into the very place that we all long for, that's already yours to inhabit, the presence of God. We don't have to strive or get better to get there. We need to enter in by faith, by the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, the resurrection. We have already received our full permission and rights to stand in his presence, to enjoy the Father, Yahweh, the Creator, Papa, in his, in his, in his house. All right? We draw near with, with sincerity, with, with belief, with confidence. Because, not confidence in me, confidence in what he's done for me. But it goes on. It, it said, I'm going to reread it. It says, let us hold fast. Don't let go of your confession, what you're declaring that you believe. We've got to speak it out so that, because we're speaking out to increase our own faith because faith comes by hearing of the word of God. But also speaking it out because our words that are yoked with Christ are releasing virtues and powers into the environment and the atmospheres around us so it affects it stimulates the atmosphere to get it ready for the things to happen that need to. And, and he who promised is faithful. If God promised to you something he's going to do, he, he's not a person who would lie or a son of man that he would 
change his mind about that thing. So the, on his side of the equation, there's no concern about his faithfulness. We just need to believe that. Where we might not make it is if we don't remain faithful in the persevering. Okay? Let me keep reading here. Verse 24, because this is the verse I want to hone in on today. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I'm going to reread that. Let us consider one another. See, up till now, those passages can really just be me and God. I'm pushing in. I'm, I'm entering in through the blood of the Lamb. I get to enjoy His glory and he's given me promises, and I, I, if I lay hold of them and I don't waver, the, he's going to manifest his promises. So those can actually be just me and God and not include other people, except that verse 24 says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. So now all of a sudden, it's going from just knowing God to building family. We, we've talked about how our vision or our mission can be condensed into three statements. Know God, build family, change the world. Remember when we started this year going after that? Know God, build family, change the world. We can, we can just focus on the know God part on this previous verses, but all of a sudden it's saying, oh wait, this isn't just about you. It's not just about you. It's about you and the people that God's put in your life, all right? The people that, that you are with, that he's called you to be with. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. That's some powerful words right there. All right? Now, I just want you to see this passage I just read. It hits on, on the four Ps, and they're in order of priority, all right? There's the presence. There's the promise. There's the perseverance. And there's the people. If you want to live fully in the way that God has for you, you need to live from the four Ps. His presence his promises, his or your perseverance in Christ, and the people that God's put you with. Can I hear an amen? And I, I want to I talk about this because there's something really important about the people that God's called us to be with that really helps us do well with the presence and the promise and the perseverance. God never intended for us to do presence on our own. Now, yes, you do need to have your secret place, but, but that's not all that God has for us with presence. He wants us to be a people of presence together. And, and you can have your promises, and you might see some on your own, but God never intended it for us to pursue our promises on our own. As a matter of fact, last week in our, in our family discussion time, I don't remember who said it, but someone mentioned that, I think it was Brett Walston, I think he said, he said, I want to live a life where, where I'm pursuing promises that are bigger than myself, that I need community around me in order to see that thing happen.
Isn't that a good word? I want to tell you that God's promises and plans for your life are bigger than you. And you're going to need people around you to help strengthen and support you and, and help you get to that place. I, I love that. And then the perseverance. God never intended for us to have to persevere on our own. Because if we try to, it, the harder the thing is you're persevering through, if you do it in isolation, it could crush you. But God put people in our lives and he's put us in people's lives to be a source of strength and encouragement to help sustain one another through the times that can come against us. We've got to get through the storms together. Come on. Have you ever seen the video, documentary videos of, of the Navy SEALs or the Marines when they have to cross a river? And, and it's a river that's way too powerful for anybody to swim across. It could make them drown and die. But what they do is they get, one person gets in, he's holding on to something anchored. Another person gets in and goes past them, anchors to that person. Another person anchors to that person until they get across and then they get each other across like that. That's an amazing picture of how to, how to get past something that you can't get past on your own strength. If we do it together. <clears throat> Amen. I'm a huge proponent of, of having people in my life, ha having people in your life that are going to be people who, who, who are going to be a strength and an encouragement to you. And that, that you're going to be a strength and encouragement to them. And he started putting this value in my heart a long time ago. In 2001, I moved to Tennessee from right here in Indiana. And I, and I got plugged into a Foursquare church. And that was the first time in my life that I had um, some people around my age that I was able to start fellowshipping with. And I started hanging out with these guys. And, you know, us bros, we need our bros. And you women, I don't know what you call it. You need your sisses. I don't think you call it that, though. <clears throat> and I need my sisses, too. But there's something about having the bros in my life and the women. You, there's something about you having women in your life. And, and we need all of every kind. But um, at this church, there, something that we really went after in the culture of that church was finding out who your, who your people can be that you can build such a deep bond with that you could call it covenant comrades. Comrades. A comrade is more than just a buddy. It's somebody that you'll lay your life down for. Somebody that you can know you can depend on them that they'll lay their life down for you if you need it. <clears throat> I'll be honest. I know that, that that's probably the perfect idea of what a friendship should be. And, and that doesn't just happen like that. I, I get that. And, and it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of work and investment and intentionality. Uh, but I, I would say that's probably a good goal to ask the Lord who could, like, how can I, how can I build towards that with people? And, and I had these buddies, these bros. There was Ernie and Alfonso who were my, they were some of my best friends in Tennessee, Mexican-Americans. And, and we had lots of fun, you know, with each other, with our our. our heritages and stuff and and we had a, a party at our house one time when Nacho Libre first came out on video and we had a taco night and watched Nacho Libre and I want to tell you if you've never seen that movie you might not like it actually I love it it's hilarious but 
but it's way better if you can watch it with buddies that, that are Mexican-American and have a good sense of humor because they were rolling on the floor. It's awesome. <clears throat> and it, it's such a terrible depiction of what it, you know, what the Mexican, Mexican culture is because it's Jack Black. Like, that guy, <laughs> he's not even that good of an actor, but he's hilarious. But... <clears throat> We had good times, though, and, and then a, a buddy named Chris Skaggs, and, and we, we felt like we had a David and Jonathan kind of relationship that we built, and there's other people, too, and I did an internship with these guys at the church and just really built an amazing family with them, and we had lots of fun. They, these are the kind of people that, that we would dare each other to do things, like they dared me to shave my, my cool hair I had at the time into a buzz, but leaving a mullet on the back. And I did it, and I did it with pride. I did it with pride so much that I was driving around in my, uh, my convertible that my dad gave me that was cool when he had it, but it was broken down by the time I had it, so it wasn't cool anymore. Have you guys ever had those kind of cars? And, and, but I was cruising around Nashville with a top-down blaring the music with my mullet, and I was like, people, I could feel people looking at me laughing. It was awesome. <clears throat> we had good times, though. But these were guys that... That we, we, could, we could challenge each other with things, funny things, but mostly Jesus things. And we spurred one another on. We, we loved each other, and we're like, dude, I know that God has a calling on your life that's way bigger than where you're at now. And I want to I wanna encourage you and exhort you and call you into that place that's bigger than where you're living right now. And man, we had some times when we'd pray together and God's presence would come so strong. And, and we called that camaraderie. We called that friendship. We did mullets and concerts and whatnot. But mostly, we did prayer, encounter, challenging each other, calling each other up in, in Christ. We would go to uh, Vanderbilt University and prayer walk that place and release, just declare revival, declare the, the God's bringing angels to that environment. And, and, we would, and we'd get together after prayer times and talk about angels we sensed there and demons that we sensed there in the Unitarian Chapel. Like, you just do these kind of things with people that you're tight with. Jesus didn't send his disciples out in ones. He sent them out in twos, and, and often they did things in group format, together. Amen? <clears throat> God, God's wanting us to be with people that, that we can see past the flesh exterior and, and to see the spirit and the heart in one another. And, and even when they might not be acting accordingly to that, that we're going to love them despite maybe some of the smelly, ugly flesh on the outside because we know who they really are. And to, and to address one another from that place. Amen? It gets messy sometimes, but it's important. <clears throat> I've always needed people like this in my life. I've had seasons when it was harder, like when we moved to Hawaii. I didn't have the same kind of a fellowship that I had when I had in Tennessee. I stayed connected with my buddies in Tennessee because I needed that to keep me encouraged and strong in that time. Moved to Bethel. It took me a while. Jessica, it took her a while too, but we found our, our community and it's the people that are calling out, we call it calling out the gold, believing the best in one another despite the latest 
imperfection that came forth. Okay? This passage I just read, it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about us. And and I actually want to I want to reread a couple of these things, and I want you to hear some of the language in this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the faith of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Not for you, not for me, for us. All right? Through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. Everybody say house of God. It's the family, right? Let, it doesn't say let you draw near or let me draw near. It says let us draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. It goes on and on, all right? But it says let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves, ourselves together. Exhorting one another, that that means it's bigger than just you, it's bigger than just me, so much more as you see the day approaching. That means, uh, you know, we're seeing things getting worse in the world, and we're also seeing a lot of hope for greater things in the body of Christ. Revival. We believe for revival, and heaven on earth is going to increasingly get more powerful. But the, the more we see the day approaching... This is saying the more we need to be assembling together, the more we need to be putting our lives with each other and exhorting one another. It doesn't mean just going to church. It doesn't mean just being around people, but actually putting yourself into something with people that's beyond a casual connection time. Putting yourself into them, seeing into their hearts, calling them forth, Encouraging them to rise up to new places. Amen? <clears throat> on that verse, it says, it says, let us, sorry, I'm on the wrong place. It says, it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I want us to think about that word, consider. Let us consider one another that we may, that in order to stir up love and good works. Most of us, when we consider something, let's be honest, you're thinking about it for a moment, and then you move on and you forgot it, you ever considered it in the first place. One example, can you help me move this weekend? I'll consider it. Oh, you mean I'm going to be hiring two men in a truck this weekend. I thought that was a little funnier than you guys did. Because when somebody says I'm going to consider something, like... The odds are pretty high. You're, you're not going to be able to rely on them too much. Do you, you get what I'm saying? We're, this is not talking like that. Um, you, you know, you're, you're probably going to be hiring two men in a truck or fetching somebody else. Or you might hire this one company that I recently come across in Indianapolis called College Hunks Hauling Junk. That's, that's pretty hilarious. College Hunks Hauling Junk. They get, they get rid of junk appliances or help you move. Anyway, it says, it says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That does not mean, why don't you consider if you want to stir one another up? That, the, often when we think of the word consider, it's like, maybe, I'll, I'll think about it. 
But that's not what this is saying. It's not saying, will you think about if you'll stir up one another? No, it's saying, consider one another. And the Greek word for consider, I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I usually don't. As you guys know when I said Yom Kippur. <laughs> the Greek word is kata noeo, kata noeo, for consider. And that word, let us consider one another. That word kataneo, kataneo, is careful observation. I want you guys to think about this in context of that verse. Consider one another. Careful observation of one another. To consider attentively, not casually, attentively. Proactive examining of the heart of the other person. It can mean to behold. When you think of the word behold, what does that mean? It means take a good look at something and hone in on it. Behold. To discover. The word discover has the connotation, I'm going to explore this person and I'm going to find out more about this person than what I already knew. To discover, to fix one eye's on or mind upon. Are you guys catching what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this word, katanoeo, when it says, it says um, let us katanoeo one another in order to stir up love and good works. I want to read you a couple of different passages in the New Testament that use that word katanoeo so you can kind of get the context of what, what Paul, was, or what, whoever the writer of Hebrews was, what he was saying in this verse. In Acts 7.30 and 31, it's reflecting on the story of Moses getting called by God at the burning bush. And he sees out of the corner of his eye, he sees the burning bush over there. And he notices that it doesn't burn up, which is impossible. So he's like, I must turn and look at this thing, right? And in Acts 7.31, it says, when Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he approached... To look more closely, katanoeo, there came the voice of the Lord. So Moses saw this thing. Let me say this. We see one another, but he saw this thing, and he marveled at it, and he decided, I need to katanoeo. I want to I look in. I want to I press into this thing and observe more deeply. I want to discover what is inside this thing because there's something deeper and bigger than what I saw just by fire in the bush. And, and when he did, he heard the Lord speak to him and God showed him, he opened his eyes to a whole world that he didn't know was there. And God called him to rescue his people and to set his people free. Kadanoeo actually brought heaven's assignment that he didn't see before it released a grace into the into the world into his own life that, that took him into a place of deeper purpose and, and greater empowerment to accomplish something beyond what he was doing in the moment which was just shepherding his sheep Kadanoeo. he noticed something but he went deeper and God unlocked heaven to him amen you guys with me? Acts 11, 5 through 6, Peter was on top of a roof 
and, and he was praying, and he went into a trance, and he saw a vision, all right? And this vision was something that God spoke to him to reveal to him that the gospel of the kingdom was not just for the Jews. It was to go out to the Gentiles. And in, in verse 5 and 6, it says this, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. All right, so right now he saw this. But, but when he saw that, he's like, just looking at this piece, that's not enough for me. It says, when I observed it intently and considered, kadanoeo. So I saw this thing, but I knew I needed to look deeper into it. I needed to take a deeper look and observe and explore and discover what's in this. Then I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And it goes on to explain how God revealed to him that he was expanding his kingdom way beyond the little box that they were living in. Kadanoeo actually unlocked heaven's assignment past what was the casual observation of something he could have just looked at and went on his way. Are you guys hearing my heart right now? Because what you got to take from this word, kadanoeo, and you put it back in Hebrews 10.24, let us consider one another. Let us kadanoeo one another to stir up love and good works. I need to go beyond the casual, I see you, I'm with you. I need to kadanoeo you. I need to look deeper in. I need to observe intently into your life. I need to see what's in there that, that, I, that I might miss if I just have a casual moment with you. I might miss something that God's packaged in you that the kadanoeo might actually unlock destiny in somebody's life. If I can look beyond the surface and see what God has put in you, I might actually be part of God's answer to break off any limitations on your life that might set you free to, to come into who you are in Christ, to live that out in a bigger and more powerful and effective way. I actually have the power in Christ by by having the desire to push past the discomfort of, of the price it takes to make a relationship happen. See, one, one problem with modern Christianity, in, at least in America, there's actually a reason why we're not seeing people thriving in their promises and in their destinies and in the revival breakouts is because people tend to do casual Christianity. And, and, and there's a culture that, that, that makes it, if we just do our time at church and, and maybe a Bible study or whatever, everything's great. Well, that is great. And <laughs> please do it. Because we don't want to forsake the assembling, but it's not just to get us together. It's so that we can kadanoeo one another. We can know one another after the spirit, not just after the flesh. The careful observation of who one another is in Christ and discovering 
that thing, that person that's in them, the heart, is way deeper, it's way bigger, it's way more rich than what you can see at the surface level right now. But it takes gold mining. Katanoeo is a gold mining kind of a word. Amen? I, I think this is good stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting myself kind of happy. I, I feel his presence right now in this. Because he's getting excited about God. Jesus is right here and he's thinking, he's dreaming what can happen. What, what can happen when people shift into that higher place? What, he's excited. What is getting ready to get unlocked in each other's spirits right now as we, as we start meditating and processing how can I put myself into one another to unlock each other? In the context of fellowship, the, the word fellowship in the New Testament is koinonia. It's not just hanging out. It's not just knowing each other at service level. It's putting your life into one another. It's partaking of one another. We eat bread, but that's kind of symbolic of feasting on, this, on each other and what each other carries and sharing one another. Amen? <laughs> and, and this katanoeo, it's not limited to just best friend hang time. It needs to be family. It needs to be, it needs to be going past the comfort or I've already invested in these people, so I'm only going to hang out with these. Like God is actually trying to stimulate in us a love and a desire to be with one another and, and even bridge past what we've already created so that we can include other people into this. It doesn't mean that you have to become best friends with everybody, but we do need to create a, a value for investing fellowship with one another beyond the comfort. And Bill Johnson calls this the sacrifice of fellowship. The sacrifice. It honors the Lord to, to go beyond what's easy to sacrifice to the Lord. Sacrifice to one another. Because it, it means it takes time. It means it takes being willing to open your heart in ways that maybe, maybe it's easy to hide and not let people see me. I want to tell you, when we're hiding and we don't want people to see us, we are blocking katanoeo from other people so that, that maybe that katanoeo that they want to give to us might be the very thing that's going to break fear off of me and, and let me breathe and spread my wings and become the person that I am in Christ at a higher level. But, it, but katanoeo, it's a huge, important thing to the Lord because when we, when we katanoeo, it says, let us consider one another. Let us, katanoeo, let us, let us observe carefully with intention. Let me put myself into you so I can explore and discover who you are. Isn't that a selfish approach to connecting with people? But in doing that, it actually unlocks this thing where we're able to stir them up in love for the Lord, for the people around them, and to do the good works that God's called them to do. Katanoeo actually helps People engage with God at a, and, and with people. Love. Good works. Not, not striving like law, self-works. Talking about living what God's called us to be at a higher level. Releasing the DNA that God's put in you, the things that he's put in you that need to enhance the body of Christ. 
and impact the world around you. Like we actually get to stir one another up in these things. I want to be with people who love, like, yeah, let's, I, want to, I want to play games. I want to do movies. I want to, if, if there's a great concert, let's do it. But, but I don't want that to be the fullness of my relationship. I want, to, I want to get in your heart. I want to find out who are you, who's God called you to be. What is God revealing to you? What breakthrough do you need? Let's go after this thing. Let's, let's encounter God together. Like, like I want to I see a people who, who they get excited to get around each other because they can't wait to find out what new revelation and grace they're going to leave with because of that moment together. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. And the, and the fun stuff is good, and it, and it lends towards that. But if, if it just stays at the fun level and it doesn't get there, then that, that's not actually fellowship. It's not koinonia, because the koinonia makes you gather together and you leave stronger than when you showed up. But it takes us choosing katanoeo for one another. I'm going to put myself into you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to observe your heart. I want to know you. I want to I wanna see what God is releasing in your life or how I can speak a blessing into you that's going to it's going to impart a word of grace to you. Amen. You guys okay with what I'm saying? Last week Brett one of the things Brett shared, he said he said we're talking about unity, he said it takes putting yourself out there with people to know them deeper than the service level and truly desiring to know who they actually are. And he was even saying it and it needs to be people that I wouldn't naturally just be the most comfortable with. I need to actually push myself past my comfort zone and do that with other people. Because he was basically implying I'm, I'm missing out on, on seeing and experiencing something if I'm not willing to go outside of my comfort zone with people. That's pretty awesome. And, and Tony Miller said something that I want to I share with you guys that was really powerful. She talked about how, how we need to be people who seek the Holy Spirit when we're with people and, and asking him, because we have the mind of Christ, when we're in the Spirit, we're connected with the mind of Christ, the, the, asking him to reveal to us uh, how, like, who that person is in the Spirit, deeper than how they might be acting in the flesh in the moment, all right? To know them after the Spirit and to ask the Lord to give me something I can speak to them, a prophetic word or an encouragement, an exhortation, but something where the Holy Spirit's showing me deeper than where they might feel like they're at in the moment. And it's, we call it calling out the gold, all right? It's, it's um, um, thanks, Jordan. I got a text. It's, I love it when people text me while I'm preaching. Thank you, buddy. Um, but she was just talking about how, how when, we, when we capture what the Spirit's saying or about that person, we can release the grace of that to them, and it helps shift them into that place more. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. I, I, I love that. And that's kata noeo. There's the, it, takes, it takes looking past the veil of the external on people to see the inside. Um, and that word stir up. It says, it says that let us let's consider one another in order that we may stir up one another 
and love and good works. And the word stir up, again, I'm probably saying this wrong, paraxusmos. It means to stir up or to provoke and in a good way to sharpen, to incite or move to action. So it's not just connecting. It's actually with the goal of I want to do something that's going to stimulate you to grow and stretch and, be, and come to a higher place in your ability to love and to do the works that God's put in you. I, I want to I be a vessel of God through our relationship that when we get together, I'm investing something into you that's going to lift you up. It's going to build you up. It's going to make you stronger than you were when, we show, when I showed up. And, I, and we need that back from each other. Amen? It's not about... I'm better than them. I don't need it myself. No, we all need it. And so there's so many verses that have the concept of the paraxusmos, stirring one another up, without using the same Greek word. Um, You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. I'm getting close to wrapping up here, by the way. Comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. The word edify means to build one another up, to lift up and to strengthen one another. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Proverbs 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. We need to be people who are willing to say, I value you so much. I don't want casual here. I want to go past the surface. I don't want to just connect. I want to leave enhanced myself by who you are. I want to leave you enhanced because I invested God's heart, my heart into you. Amen? You guys okay with this? When people feel pursued, known, accepted, valued, and celebrated for who they are, even despite their shortcomings, it ignites true, their true inner man to rise up in confidence. It imparts grace and strength into their lives. It gives them permission to be free to be themselves. How many of you like being free to be yourself? It allows access for you to inspire forward movement and growth in them. It helps to empower them to overcome their shortcomings by supernatural grace rather than by shame-driven willpower. Kadanaeo does that for people. Amen? We'll wrap up with these few thoughts here. Practical steps to accomplishing Kadanoeo is stirring up one another in love and good works. Here's one pursue people. Oh, yeah, it's going to take putting yourself into it. Pursue people. Make time for people, even ones who are not already your close friends. Yeah, that might mean pushing yourself past that comfort zone. Put yourself into knowing people deeper than the surface level. Share your heart and life with them. You can do it in progressive levels. Obviously, you don't want to 
give them the full intimate version of you until you've built that level of connection and trust with them, but it's moving towards that one, one step at a time. Dig into their hearts. Like just hanging out and talking politics or sports is good, but if that's all the further it goes, you're not actually digging in. You're not discovering them. Express words of honor and affirmation to them. Don't just connect on the human level. Go to the spirit level. Call out the gold. Encourage them in who they are in Christ and their identity in him. Encourage them in the things that they are processing or working through and point them to Jesus and truth in that. Some people are that and they they just let them talk it, but they're not actually taking the time to encourage them in the in the direction that's going to actually help them to get a breakthrough in that. We need to help steer people in a direction that's going to give them breakthrough. Encourage them in their dreams and their desires, again, pointing them to Jesus and the truth. Edify one another with scriptures. Pray, worship, and encounter Jesus together. Come on. It takes putting ourselves into one another's lives. And again, the friend level is awesome, but we want to take it to the spirit edifying level. Do you guys hear my heart? Was that all over the map, or do you hear the, the heart of what I'm trying to pass on to you today? Kadanoeo. It, it does not say, let me reread that verse there. It doesn't say, let us consider if we will consider one another. It doesn't say, if it's convenient, consider one another. As a matter of fact, this is a command. It's a scriptural command. And when, when the writer wrote this, he was writing it to a people who were probably under persecution, and it might have been a lot harder for them to gather together. And he still is releasing this command. Consider one another. Kata no eo. One another. Stir one another up in love and good works. So this is actually Jesus is expecting us to put ourselves into this. Casual Christianity might get you into heaven, but it's not going to bring the kingdom. We have to put our lives into this. We have to do it God's way, not not the comfortable way. Amen? (laughs) Jesus, where do I leave this? After that verse, one more time, it says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which is what we're doing right here. We need to keep doing this because it says so much more as you see the day approaching. It says exhorting one another. We don't just gather together so we can have church and and get an attendance count. We gather together so that we can invest ourselves into one another we can kadanoeo one another. We can exhort or encourage or stimulate one another into breakthrough and freedom in Christ and living identity, not just by knowing it, but actually becoming it because we're calling it out from one another and we're stimulating one another towards their destinies 
that God has put inside of each other. And the more that we can enter into that, the, the grace and the virtues of the things that God has stored in us, and we can unlock that from one another, the more unity is going to happen because what your grace is needs this other grace to partner together. And this other grace over here needs to come in because we need it all. And if it all looks like cookie cutter, it's, it's not going to work. But we need the strengths of one another together. It's a family. It's a body of Christ. We're going to see the glory come as we unlock each other in these ways. Hallelujah. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you guys to find someone, take a moment, and just speak a either pray for them for some kind of a breakthrough in their identity or, or speak a blessing over that person. I want you guys to do that and then that then you can, you're free to hang out or go because my prayer right now is going to be your dismissal but I want you to do something with one another just to put this into action, okay? Alright, can you guys stand if you're able to? God, I thank you Thank you for these amazing people. God, thanks for putting them in my life, Lord, and in each other's lives. Lord, I'm thankful to you, God, because I know that there's crazy, amazing destiny and expressions of the kingdom that have yet to be fully expressed, Lord. And I can't wait to see what that's going to look like, just busting forth in this family. I just feel like we're going to see more glory. Thank you, Lord. More, more of a thrust of heaven on earth. And I pray that you'll, by the Spirit of God, impart to each one of us, Lord, the value that you have for, for katanoeo, one another, that, that, we, that we are intentionally pursuing the hearts of one another. We're intentively discovering one another, beholding one another, and unlocking one another. Holy Spirit, I ask you just to take us all in a deeper place in, the, in our abilities and our value system for these things. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for our core value that says honor affirms value. It's a culture of honor. I pray that you'll, I just pray that you'll give us a grace to do that well with one another. Take the unity of this family to a deeper place and let us experience your tangible manifestations of the Spirit and the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, as a result of us knitting our hearts together in a deeper way, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Be blessed. I love you guys. Please bless somebody before you go. Practice kata no eo. Love you.